Hello from your At The Flicks team. Today we are here with Andy Dufresne. No, not that Andy Dufresne. In case anyone starts writing in asking for autographs. Andy Shear from the States. Hi Andy, how are you doing? Hello sir, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. We're really pleased you could join us. So Andy's going to be joining us for a few discussion on various movie themes and genres. And to start, as it's close to Halloween, the spooky season, I thought we could talk about horror movies. So before we go into that, is your neighborhood well decorated for the season? Well, my wife has been trying to decorate the front of her house and I keep trying to convince her that there's not going to be a lot of trick-or-treating this year because of the state of the world, but she's still been buying pumpkins and we, she just put up some hay bales in our front yard yesterday and put some spider webs on it. So I guess I would say probably not as much as usual, but it's definitely out there. How about you guys? Uh, no, no, if anybody did that here, they would stand out. What you've done there is more than anything I've seen in this country. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, they, very very low-key. Funny enough, they do the trick-or-treating and the costumes, and that's really, really good fun. But house decorations, not so much. I always think that's that's a pity. When I, I've got relatives in New York, and when I stay with them around Halloween, it's just brilliant. Mind you, I do stay in Sleepy Hollow, so turning a corner at this time of year and seeing a headless horseman come towards you is not unusual. <laughs> Well, we so, do have a couple churches in our area that do like what they call trunk or treat, meaning that they just come to a parking lot and then everybody kind of exchanges candy just with members of your church. So they do do that. Then it's you're doing it with people you know rather with, than with total strangers. Uh, no, I love that idea. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, Neil, even you would survive that. <laughs> what, yeah, well, I'd eat the sweets, that's for yeah. sure. I'd have the sweet too. One of, one of my hobbies, Andy, is to get us all to go to the movies and convince Neil that a horror movie isn't actually a horror movie, it's just a thriller, and just see him just terrified for the length of the film. Oh, it, it would just amuse me no end, but not, not anybody else. And what, Sicko. What, what is it with what is it about horror movies? You just don't like to be scared. You don't like the prospect of seeing blood and guts, or what is it? And a lot of the time, you go into them, especially the new ones. You you go in, and Jeff will say, "Yeah, it's a horror comedy, or it's a comedy, or it's a thriller, or trying to downplay it." And there's jump scares and everything, but the movie's absolutely rubbish. Mm -hmm. And and that's my irritation with it. And and I just got out of the habit, really. I saw one, can't remember what it was called, but it absolutely terrified me. Hills Have Eyes Part 2. The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, which mm -hmm. was absolutely terrible. Something about it scared me. So, yeah, I just decided not to. I'm not anti them, per se. I just don't think they're very good, so I don't bother. <laughs> so, after you, Andy. Oh, I was just going to say, I guess it, for me, horror is no different than any other genre in that it has to be interesting, kind of what you're saying. If it's garbage or not interesting or the screenplay is of poor quality, then it's not going to hold your interest. So I wouldn't hold horror movies to a different standard. I guess I would just say that it would be the same for horror movies than for other genres, although it does seem like there's more garbage horror movies out there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, every time Jeff goes to one and he goes, oh, yes, it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so, it's going to be fantastic, he comes out and his review is, it really wasn't very good. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but I think the thing on with that, and before we go into a more broader discussion, is there are two almost pure genres, and I would say horror and comedy are the same. So you can have a thriller 
that sort of partly works and it's still good. But you can't have a horror or a comedy that only partly works. If they're not funny or they're not scary, they don't work at all. Sure, I would agree with that. That means they haven't done their job. Exactly. There's nothing worse than a, a horror movie that's not scary, that's for sure. Let's talk about your views on this then, Andy. Are you a fan of the modern horror or the more old-fashioned films? Um, I guess I would say more old-fashioned only because, kind of what you said already, but I feel like movies made, say, in the last 20 years or even newer tend to rely more on style versus substance. And generally speaking, I'm not a fan of that. I would still much rather have something that's interesting rather than something that has a cool-looking monster in it or something. I mean, I don't mind the cool-looking monster, but I'd still much rather have something that is interesting. When I see horror movies nowadays, I tend to go towards the more old-fashioned ones only because I feel like they're more genuine. And maybe because, like, if there is gooey special effects or something, I feel like, you know, that stuff was actually done there on the set while they were making the movie. Maybe that makes it feel more authentic. I don't know. Um, I also just, again, because they had to kind of be more creative and inventive back in the day, I feel like they had to rely more on the what you don't see, maybe, that makes it more scary rather than what you do see. I, I remember seeing several interviews with like Hitchcock and stuff and saying him saying things kind of like that, where he would infer things that were worse because the what feel and see in your mind is way worse than what he could put on the screen. So the inference of evil or of torture or of horrible things is sometimes worse than what you actually see. So I guess for, for those reasons, I tend to gravitate more towards the older classic movies. No, it's interesting. I'd like to pick up on that Hitchcock because something Hitchcock says, which has been ignored in a lot of modern horror films, is speak about the shock effect against tension. And Hitchcock always give out the example of the bomb on the bus. So the people, two people are on the bus, the bus is driving along and the bus suddenly explodes because there's a bomb hidden on the bus. So it's a shock. If you could see the bomb hidden under the seat on the bus, he shows you that with the camera then you see the two people talking, and suddenly you've got this tension all around it. Now, modern horror relies on that shock effect. And after two or three of them, you get bored of it right. you know, in, in the same film. But whereas if you've got tension, it's really good. And there's a chap, uh, writer-director called Mike Flanagan, who's working today. Yeah. He's done, yeah and I like think Dr. Flan Sleep, yeah. Dr. Sleep, or yeah. Ouija, Origin of Evil, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and I think that guy, he knows his craft. And he loves the old-fashioned techniques. And that's why he it worked. I mean, Dr. Sleep is a great character piece. Yeah, I agree. I do think it was very underrated and unfortunately did not do well theatrically, and which is a disappointment. But yeah, I thought amongst modern horror movies, I really like that because he, he definitely made it more as much of an homage to The Shining as he did to, to, to make it kind of go. I mean, obviously, it's still based on a book, but he still made it his own. Yes. Uh, it's interesting, though, because in the book, because, of course, Stephen King famously didn't like Stanley Kubrick's film version. And in his book, he destroys the Overlook. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's 40 years old and it's your problem, not mine. Right. And uh, um, well, But in Dr. Sleep, in, again, in the book, at the end, they're in the ruins of the Overlook, whereas in the film, Dr. Sleep, they actually go back to the hotel, which is still standing. Right. So, and I thought that was really well done. My wife actually just got finished reading The Shining. She had read it a long time ago and had finished it again just recently. And so we're now going to watch 
The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And I watch The Shining every year on October 30th. I know it pretty well. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and I walk, well, and then The Exorcist is on every year on Halloween. So we've always had discussions about The Shining and about how, like, Kubrick didn't like it because of the things that they changed in it. And he didn't want Jack Nicholson to be in it. And all the all the things that have come to pass nowadays, it's just really interesting. Again, talking about modern and old-fashioned horror, I guess on balance, I like the older ones because they've got that general, is it what's the word, uh, frisson about them. Uh, you know, you, you look at the old Hammer movies and they've got a real quality about them that you don't find anywhere else. They might be hammy, but I think that works. Yeah, I guess I would agree. When you're looking at horror as a genre, I think it's interesting that, you know, they, they obviously rely on special effects more than other genres, other than like maybe fantasy sci-fi. But what if you're comparing it to say like dramas and comedies, you can just write a screenplay and then you're done. Versus horror movies, there's always some sort of production value to them because of the special effects or gore or blood or whatever you're going for. And again, I think the, the older films tended to rely more on what you didn't see or do more with less because they had to kind of be creative in that way. Like if you consider Jaws a horror movie, which most people do, Spielberg had so many problems with the shark for example, that he couldn't use it nearly as much as he wanted to because it kept breaking. And so then again, the tension just in that film is heightened because he couldn't use it as much. So the implication of the shark in most cases was worse than the shark. In movies like that, I just really think it works or think about the movie Alien. How much do you see the alien in the movie Alien? Again, I just think the possibility of horror in a horror movie or what is hiding off screen, I think, is worse in some cases. And so modern horror movies don't have that problem as much because you can do anything with computers nowadays so they can show you everything. To me, generally, those are not as interesting. There's also another point to what you're saying there as well, is I don't think the music scores in today's horror films are memorable, but, I mean, Jerry Goldsmith's music for Alien, John Williams' music for Jaws, uh, and Jerry Goldsmith's music for The Omen, there's three examples from the 70s, I thought were all fantastic scores and enhanced what was going on or not going on on screen. I would agree for sure. I mean, music, generally speaking, is always heightens any sort of emotion in a film. And for horror movies, it's certainly an important element. So for those examples, definitely those movies all have great scores. If you had to list, in no particular order, some favorite horror movies, what would you pick? Well, I already mentioned The Shining and The Exorcist. Those are probably two of my favorites. Um, I think The Exorcist really is like the Bible of horror movies for me, only because I remember when I was a young child having to like be in the next room and watch it when my parents were watching it on television. And it really scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Um, I actually had like nightmares of my bed shaking and stuff like that. And it took me a long time to kind of get over that and embrace The Exorcist. And now I just think it's just one of those perfect horror movies. There's certainly a lot of horrible things, images, that type of thing in the movie. But I think the idea just that the devil could come into a young child, I kind of felt like, and I'm not a super religious person myself, but I just always felt like that's something that is kind of grounded in reality and could kind of maybe if you believe in such things could actually happen. So to me, that makes it scarier than say like some sort of fantastical horror movie. 
So I guess I would say The Exorcist for sure. I definitely like The Shining a lot for what we've already talked about, just obviously. And I'm, and I'm also a huge Kubrick fan, so every, everything he does, I pretty much love. Um, other than that, I guess I would also say just the other classics that I mentioned, Jaws, Alien, if you count those as horror movies, um, The Omen for sure. The Thing is another sci-fi horror, which oh, I really fantastic. love. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, Graham calls that science fiction and you'll watch it. Go figure, Andy, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, are you trying to apply logic to watching Yeah, film? sorry, sorry, You're I right, forgot. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, The Thing is something that I really, really love too, and I watch that one quite often. Again, just because of the uniqueness of the way it was made and all the stuff was done on set and you just have to appreciate that. Yeah. Rob Bottin. It was amazing. Can I go back to the exorcist for a moment? Are you aware of the history of the exorcist in the UK? Mm, I don't think so. No. Settle <laughs> yourself down for a little story. <laughs> <laughs> here um, we go. So when the exorcist opened 74, I think over here, the papers and the tabloid papers in the UK are some of the worst in the world, if not the worst in the world. And they just went for that film and saying it's evil, it should be banned. Okay. Uh, I wasn't old enough to see it at the time. I got to see it a few years later. My local cinema, the town council, banned the film from being shown in Pontypridd. Uh, I grew up in South Wales. But we found a place that was showing it. So we went down on a Friday night, a group of us from school went down there. And we're in the queue outside the cinema. This religious group had set up microphones and everything across the road, and they were sort of shouting at us, you've got to see this film, you'll be damned to hell. <laughs> now, the film is, as it's my wits, but I was psyched before I even went in that. To, sure. to that. So, and then video came in at the end of the 70s, 80s, it really started to take off. And the British censors banned The Exorcist from it coming out on video. Uh, and it was never, they couldn't ever show it on TV. And that lasted, I would say, for about 15, 16 years before wow. we were able to get it on DVD. Uh, well, the, the tail end of the, the life of video, certainly DVD. And now it can be shown on TV and nobody bats an eyelid. Hmm, that's strange. We have yeah. some serious censors in this country, really. Yeah, the, the, luckily a lot of it's gone and it's, it's more normalized now. But we've had our moments, and usually with horror films. Remember reading back in the day that people actually like ran from the theater and and were were horrified by it and actually became physically ill when they saw it and stuff like that. Just some of those stories that I had read about the Exorcist at the time, just being you know like the first maybe modern era horror movie that just scared the crap out of a whole generation. Well, let's be fair. If you were standing outside the cinema for an hour beforehand and some guy shouting at you, you're going to be damned to hell for watching these <laughs> images. Right. <laughs> the slightest thing's going to set you off. And well, and then in 2000, they actually released the version that you had never seen. So I don't know if you had seen the new version of the movie or not, kind of like the director's cut. And I was actually working at a movie theater part time just for fun at the time. So I was working in the projection booth, which was actually kind of cool because then I could turn up the volume and watch it from the projection booth. It was pretty cool, actually. And got to see like you just kind of watch down at the theater and you can also then since I had never seen it as a child in the theater, I was able to go then at, in 2000 when that was version was released and actually got to see it on the big screen for the first time. It was really cool. 
I mean, that special edition, that director's cut, the bit with the spider walk down the stairs, that freaks me out. Yes, I agree. It's cool that they put that in there. I don't know if it fits within the context of the movie so much, but it is a neat additional scene. The bit in The Exorcist that gets me is not a horror bit. It's the bit where the two priests are talking on the stairs. Again, a sequence that went and was put back in where he says, Father's soul's in torment. And he said, well, well, no, they're not touched. The, the whole point of the exorcism is to instill that fear that lack of faith in others around them. And I thought that was a really key sequence. I like right. that. Yep, for sure. Well, then let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karras. Where's Reagan? In here with us. Show me Reagan and I'll loosen one of the straps. And you're helping all all the boy, father. Your hey, mother's in here with his cash. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. What are your thoughts on uh, Halloween? Um, you know, if if you were making a list of movies and that we had to see, say, if you have never seen, even for maybe some of the novices here amongst us, if you're going to make a list of Halloween movies you should see, I think Halloween is one of them. Although, me personally, I don't hold it up to the same level as some of the other movies I've already mentioned, and I don't really know why. I do still watch it fairly often, but for some reason it, it doesn't resonate with me as much as some of the other like horror classics do, and I don't really know why. When you were working in the cinema and with putting horror movies on, did you see any great audience reaction? Funny that you say that, because one of the ones that I remember the most is uh, the movie Misery. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 And I was working in the theater at the time. Again, this is 1990. And I would always walk in on the scene where she sledgehammers his foot. And just the, the, the audience reaction from just that one scene was just so funny to watch or just to hear people gasp and cry because the, the bone crunching sound was just so great. And it just really kind of sent people up the wall. So that's the one that I always tend to remember. Brilliant. So, if you were making a horror movie today, based on all that you said, what elements would say to you, actually, I want to see this film? What would you want to see in a horror movie? Let, we could talk about this for a second. I, my, since my wife and I have been watching a bunch of suspense horror movies, how do you guys feel about the uh, the found footage genre? Have you guys seen any of those, or what is your impression? Right. Just direct those questions at me, Andy, because it's just a waste <laughs> of time. Okay. Well, that, that's right. where I think it all went wrong. I really do think that horror has lost its way. Okay. Mm. I mean, I've seen The Omen, The Exorcist, The Shining, Jaws, Alien, and The Thing, and they are excellently constructed stories. Okay, Stephen King wrote a lot of them, but they are really good stories. And the latest horror films, the ones that I've watched, have been very, very weak, with the exception of Cabin in the Woods, which I thought was an excellent film. But there's just not enough story and detail and background and reason for people doing things. Have I mean, you seen the Blair Witch Project? Yes. And it I mean, was okay. shockingly bad. So, Have you guys seen Cloverfield? I mean, that's another yes. found footage. Yeah. 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 Oh, you've watched that, Graham, have you? Was, did you yes. class that as science fiction as well, did you? Because yeah. it had a monster in it. <laughs> yeah. 
Graham's weakening. So I guess the reason why I bring that up is because that's kind of the more modern version of like maybe a new take on horror. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan myself, but it is a different way to tell a story. So I might, or the movie Chronicle, have you seen that? That's more of a sci-fi uh, version of just three guys go underneath and find this weird cave underground. And then they ended up all all getting like magic powers out of it. That's a pretty decent film. Chronicle. Yeah, have you heard of it? Check it out. No, no. Yeah, it, wasn't it that chap we went on to direct the Fantastic Four did it, didn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a Blair Witch story for you, though. So I was staying with some friends uh, when the DVD came out, and I'd seen the film already. I said, this is quite a good film. His wife hadn't seen the film. So what we did on the DVD was put the mock documentary on first about the history of the Blair Witch. Right. So when we put it on, she actually thought it was true. Look at it like it was an experiment is the way I, I, I saw it. Um, and it terrified her, absolutely terrified her. Um, and there's another friend gone forever, yes. Actually, I, I haven't seen him for a number of years. You might be right there, Grant. That's probably right. <laughs> I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Because... In spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. And I insisted. I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted that we keep going. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. Well, the th the thing about the Blair Witch, and I kind of have a similar story. I was living in a different state at the time, and I saw it at the theater. And I saw it kind of right after it came out, and it hadn't really permeated the world yet. I don't think that it wasn't real, and so a lot of people you could hear kind of a lot of reaction in that too, saying a lot of people in the audience at the time didn't know if the movie was real or not, or if it was like a real documentary or a fake documentary. And, and it was also, this was like 99. So the internet wasn't what it was then. And so I think the just the general feeling of uncomfortableness in the audience, you could definitely feel because there was a lot of people that didn't know if it was something that had really happened or not. And I think that's why the movie did so well in theaters too, is because it was kind of redefining in that no one had really seen a found footage type movie like that before. It also showed the limits because the sequel, which took it in a different direction, didn't work at all. I felt the remake didn't work either. I would agree. That was another one of those cases where less is more or maybe the payoff didn't didn't sit well with a lot of people. I mean, the movie's a short movie. It's probably 85 minutes. But you feel like after you watch these three people get lost in the forest and bitch at each other for an hour and a half, then there's not that much payoff at the end. It kind of bothered some people, but it didn't bother me really. The making of the film is is phenomenal because they didn't know a lot of right. what was going on. They, you know, you have to get from point A to point B, and then like at night they come and bang on the tents and all sorts of things like that. So they were genuinely scared. Yeah, and you can definitely tell. I think the emotion on screen is really good. Would you watch the Blair Witch now? I don't. It's a know. yes or no question, Neil. <laughs> we're, not, we're 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 not in a debate here. I'm going to go no. Okay. I mean, you're, you, you still are only talk probably 85 minutes, so you're not going to have to watch three-hour epic here. No, no, no. And and I've still got others that I probably need to watch. Dawn of the Dead, stuff like that. Evil Dead and sure. like that. So Evil I, I probably, Dead? 
you are going to watch Evil Dead. And I bought it on DVD about 20 years ago. <laughs> I haven't watched there, it yet. There's another case of, you know, less is more. I think the budgets on the first two Evil Dead movies were so minuscule that they had to be super creative on what they showed you. And they definitely spent all their money on the effects and nothing else. But they're still just so campy fun. I, yeah. I, yeah. The, the remake is definitely a lot more visceral, gory, serious type feel the, the the bruce campbell goofiness part of it is definitely out of the new one yeah that's the it's the bruce uh bruce campbell is yeah he's the one i'm looking looking to see yeah. i just think he's hilarious right and then the way it ends too is funny that like the army of darkness the third one less of a horror movie more of a fantasy film but the the whole trilogy i actually played army of darkness when i was a theater manager in 92 and the theatrical ending nobody liked but then when it came out on dvd and everyone saw the way that they wanted to end it everybody yes. liked that one a lot better yes yeah. so that's the supermarket against the taking too much isn't it right exactly yeah yeah and no, that was great have you ever seen a film called bubba hotep Yes, where he plays Elvis, yes. Oh, right. yes. No, I, I was talking to the guys the other day. Oh, well, yeah, What's your yeah. view on that? Yeah, it was fun. I, I liked it a lot. I'm just a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I'll pretty much watch him in anything. It's not a fantastic film, but it's for a fun, campy B-movie. It's definitely a lot of fun. Yes. And yeah, I've seen uh, that one, too. You've seen Bubba Hotep? Yeah. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, He's yeah. El hilarious. Elvis, a black JFK, and a mummy. <laughs> causing havoc in an old people's home. What, what, what's not to love? Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Graham's gone so strangely No, quiet. no, no, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen that one. I'm, I'm, I was writing it down. Well, since we're talking about horror comedies, have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Oh, yeah. gosh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Big yes. favourite. Big yes. favourite, yeah. yeah. Very quotable as well, yes. I think everyone in the UK is like, that's their favourite movie ever, isn't it? No. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good film. Simon Pegg was uh, born in Gloucester, which is sort of in between where I am and where Neil and Graham are at the moment. Oh, okay. So about, about five, six miles away. Yep. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is such a, a cheaply budgeted film, but so well scripted. Yep. But there's, I mean, there's some a good bit of gore in those movies. They're in that movie as well. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a horror movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, what I like is that I said at the beginning that comedy and horror are the two hardest things on their own to get right to put them together is a nightmare to get right i mean Shaun of the dead did it abbott and costello meet frankenstein did it um <laughs> yeah there's really not that many good ones you're not right that many no. but yeah so Shaun of the dead starts funny but as they're in the pub it becomes more serious and then dylan moran gets ripped apart yeah yeah Right, that's what I mean, yeah. And it's, and a yeah. lot of times horror movies, like, they might be so bad that they're funny, but that's not their intent. You know, like, if you're watching uh, that Peter Jackson film, I think you guys call it Brain Dead. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, in, in the U.S., that movie's called Dead Alive, uh, but it's hard to believe that the same guy who did The Lord of the Rings made all these really cheap, very cheesy horror movies early in his career and brain dead is one of those and it's the same kind of thing it, it's definitely can't be on purpose and it's it, it's one of my favorite horror comedies because it's just so goofy there's so many horrible things that happen in it it's just funny i would have loved to have seen what the reaction in new zealand would have been having done a whole batch of films like that he then does heavenly creatures which is it's, it's a thriller and, and partly horror but real life horror because it's based on a real life crime right i mean mm. 
in the UK, the, the tabloids would have had a field day with that. I'm really curious as to what happened in New Zealand when it was announced he was going to make it. And that was Kate Winslet's first movie too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a fantastic film. Just quickly to go back to Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright. I'm sorry, that's why it's so good. Mm. That's why it's such a good film and, you know, and why it, I can watch it. I, and I go back to this thing about horror films done well by people who understand what they're trying to do and who have a very clear vision of what they're trying to get to is so much better than, you know, a lot of the current uh, horror films, I think, are just pompous, pretentious nonsense. And they they don't have a clue what they're doing, so they throw in 300 jump scares. It's not the point. The point is it should bubble up. It should not be a tidal wave. But don't you think as well, you say uh, pompous, pretentious, but also... It's a lot of people start out with a horror film because it's cheap and easy to make. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. But the ones that survive and the the, the people that are, come out of those films uh, come out of the good ones because the other ones, nobody remembers anybody from them. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The one director that or writer director that comes to mind for recent films would be Ari Aster. Have you seen either Midsummer or Hereditary? I would yes. Rec- I would recommend yeah. Hereditary. Um, Midsummer I liked a lot, but I think it's more of an acquired taste. Um, but Hereditary is one of those where well, my wife and I just watched it recently, and it's it's not really a jump scare. It's more of a slow build because you find out things as you're going along, and a lot of creepy things still happen. And yeah, fine, there is CGI in it, but the movie doesn't rely on that. It relies on kind of the slowly unwrapping of a really interesting story. So I would recommend that to people who are looking for something new and interesting and goes in directions that you don't think. And I think that that, again, Ari Aster, writer, director, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else he does because I really liked Hereditary and I really liked Midsummer. Funny, I, mine's the other way around. I preferred Midsummer. Uh, it had the Wicker Man vibe to it. Yeah, that's, for sure. That sequence with the two people on top of the cliff is one of the tensest sequences I've seen in a film for a long time. And that's the point where it went from nice rural to bad rural. You know? <laughs> right. And it, right. Yeah, and I thought that was so well done. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. I need to rewatch it. I actually have the DVD that I actually got from the UK because we couldn't get the director's cut at the time here. So I actually ordered it from the UK, but I haven't watched the European version yet. And the only thing I tell him to stop doing is, like, as you get to the end, no more old people taking their clothes off, please. <laughs> I've, I've got a mirror. I don't need this inner film. Thank you very much. That's true. You're right about that. <laughs> but no, they are great. And, and Hereditary reminded me a, a fair bit of Rosemary's Baby as well. One of the joys of both are the performances. Yes, for sure. Tony Collette and Florence Pugh. Some brilliant work. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought actually Florence Pugh had had a really good performance. I and I'm I'm lo- I'm looking forward to rewatching it again. Like I said, because I I really think that I the first time you're watching to see what happens, and then the second time you can kind of watch more of the nuanced stuff that you didn't see the first time. Hereditary, I, I like the way it went, and the car sequence is horrifying. I I just felt to me it went a little bit too far at the end, whereas I thought Midsummer was was really good and i definitely got those wicker man vibes 
Yeah, um, Wicker Man's actually on the list of. I, I pulled a bunch of movies this year for my wife and I to rewatch in September and October, and I still have that that we haven't watched yet because so she hasn't seen it. But I and it's probably been twenty years since I've seen it, um, so I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Interesting about your um, film list there. If you were to put a Halloween playlist together of four or five movies for people, what would be your recommendations? Well, other than the things I've already discussed, um, one other one that comes to mind that is a personal favorite is The Ring. Have you seen The Ring? Which which version? The well, Japanese? Not, or the well, both, I guess. But the, okay. the Japanese version is good. But the the American version is quite good as well. Hmm. I've seen the American version. Yeah. yeah. And that it, that kind of went through that whole period in the 90s, 2000s, where they were like remaking everything Japanese, like The Grudge. And there was a few others that had made their Dark, way from. Dark Jap- yeah, yeah. Right. And I like the idea of The Ring because it was just an interesting way to to formulate a plot. You know how like you have now seven days to figure out what was going on. Otherwise, your kid's going to die. So I, I like that idea. Neil, Graham, has that been sold to you there? No, not, not in the slightest. <laughs> not at all. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll put that in there then. And uh, with with a number of the um, the others, I think that would make a, an excellent Halloween playlist. Have you, have you guys seen any of the class, like the 30s movies, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Wolfman? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very probably. Those. Yeah, see, that's those. a yes from one. Another political answer from Neil there. No, no, I would have done. We we used to go to the pub when I was at college and we'd come back and watch all these films. Oh, the Midnight Movie, Double Bill on the Saturday. Yes. Uh, exactly. A Universal and a Hammer movie. Yes. Right. Yep. Or even throw in movies like The Creature from the Black Lagoon or the Great original film. The Blob or those kind of movies. Oh, the, the original Blob is hysterical. Yeah. It really is. It's got Steve in it. Right. It has got Steve in it, but yeah. Wasn't wasn't that his first movie? Actually, I, was, I think no, it I was think, one of his first, or or one of his first. Yeah, well, he was a TV actor, wasn't he? Which is what he was what he was known for at that time, right? Before he he leapt over into in, into film. And again, Graham can pass that off as science fiction, so he'll watch it. <laughs> That's true. I would try to mix in a mixture of old, new, different genres of horror, just to kind of get a good sampling of all the different things that are out there. The remakes of both, like the Bram Stoker's Dracula and uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that both came out in the 90s, were both very good, too, I thought. Have you seen the Frank Langella version of Dracula? Uh, which one is it? When did that come out? 79, Langella and Laurence Olivier. Oh, yes, yes, correct. Yeah, I love Frank Langella, man. He made so many of those cheesy Jack Dracula movies. But yeah, I did like that one quite a bit as well, because the, the tone of that is completely different than a lot of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, they they played up the romance. They used the text from the original 1920s play that Lugosi made his name from, and a lot of people were would just go into Broadway to watch Langella play. You know the way he was playing Dracula on stage. I tell you, actually, as a slight aside, seeing Dracula on stage is was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Well, it was it was very frightening and and but great great fun. And the fact that you got handed a program at the start of the uh, show and you could fold it up into a crucifix mm. <laughs> was, uh, was ingenious. But yes, I saw that at the uh, the old Vic in Bristol back in the uh, late 70s. Great. 1970s or 1870s? 
<laughs> oh, it's a good job we're social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Again, we're in a strange COVID situation where films are either not come in and put off. Any others you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, I looked at the list this morning of just all the different horror movies that have been pushed back. There were things like the new Halloween film, you know, like they're mm. not going to stop making those. Quiet Place 2. First Quiet Place wasn't bad. It was, I don't know if they can make a second one. I don't know if there's enough of an idea for a story for a part two of that. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. That seemed interesting. Jordan Peele's next film, he's remaking Candyman. Again, don't know if we need a remake of that. I read a few other other ones, like there was a movie called Antebellum, which sounded interesting. Um, there yeah. was like a post-apocalyptic type horror film that sounded interesting. And then there was another movie called Antlers, which I had not heard of. Which no, was, I am new to that. So anyways, there, there was a few. I, I, I don't know if there was anything that really kind of stood out. Can I pick up on something you say there? What's your view on Jordan Peele? Overrated. <laughs> and we're in perfect sync. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overrated. I mean, still good. Get Out is a good movie. It's not a great movie. Should it have been nominated for Best Picture? Heck no. I was not a fan of Us. I thought it was just mediocre. I thought that the idea was a good idea. It was not put together well. I thought maybe that it was lost in the editing. Like there was a good movie in there. They just didn't get it out or it wasn't cut together well. Yeah, I like the idea of it and the thought of what actually happens in us is interesting. It's something that you had not seen before. I just didn't like the way it was put together. It's like you're my American twin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with some very, very obvious differences. Yeah, yeah. Um, Strikingly good looking, you mean? Well, that that would be one of them, of course. (laughs) Well, one of you, maybe. The other one's certainly not. um, Stop picking on Andy like that. (laughs) Yeah, but you you look at this sort of, I'm just looking at Empire's, Empire Magazine's uh, 50 best horror films and uh, uh, Us and Get Out are on there mm. um so interesting to hear it um being uh, not quite trashed but yeah overrated yeah i definitely liked get out way more than i liked us but yeah overrated i just thought it didn't they didn't deserve as th- as much praise as they got mm. i don't think i think with us it starts off really good that confronting doppelgangers of yourself i thought was good yep. and, and then suddenly it expanded out that this thing was happening elsewhere and then it come to a final act, which gives you a solution that's just nonsense. Right. It just doesn't work. I would agree with you on that. I feel like it kind of lost its way. And and whether that was the screenplay or that was just how they put it together at the end, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. And it's branching out in TV. And the Twilight Zone series he did, I haven't watched season two yet, but season one had more miss than hit. I can see what he's trying to do is balance sort of science fiction stories into modern day settings and modern day paranoia and some of it it worked but when he went back and they redid nightmare at twenty thousand feet i thought that was awful mm. um and lovecraft county i've given up on I, I cannot get into that show at all i have not seen either of those i'm my wife knows my opinion of like streaming type shows although twilight zone's probably the exception because you can watch it for 20 minutes and then be done with it but 
I have a hard time watching any modern day show nowadays, partly because there's eight episodes a season and then you have to wait another year for more episodes, which I don't like. And then yeah. Netflix cancels everything after two seasons anyways. <laughs> so then after, you, true, yeah. after you've invested your time in something, then they just cancel it and then you feel like you wasted your time. So my modern thought on that is now I wait until I can get the DVD box set after season eight, and then I just watch them all at once. So my wife and I actually just finished watching Game of Thrones earlier this year because I had not seen one minute of it, and then I just waited for the show to be done, and then we just watched it all at once. Wow. That's what discipline. You, what Good did grief. you think? I'll probably anger someone in saying that I thought it got better as it went along. I think every, most everyone would say the opposite. Only because also I thought it, it seemed to get, I don't know, more interesting. I, everyone hated the last season, but I actually liked it. I thought it ended the way it should have ended. I think the first couple of episodes in the final season were, were a little bit all over the place, but I thought it, it focused. And some of the imagery as it went to the end and that last episode I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, the first two seasons definitely had too many boobs. I don't know that I'd ever actually say that, but you know, how, <laughs> how can you have too many boobs? But I felt like you didn't really need it, but maybe that's how they got people to watch the show initially. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, they had real-life porn stars in it as well. Like, oh, really? Background. Yeah. What, well, you didn't recognize any of them, Jeff. <laughs> well, no, Neil, Neil told me about a number of them. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Okay, we've gone off the point a little bit. That Just to quickly circle back, we get antlers in February. Um, Do we? It looked, yeah, it, look, it looks really good, actually. Yeah, the, the trailer is okay. interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's set in Oregon, so oh, it, there you go. in the middle of nowhere. It looks like it's something to do with ancient Indian burial grounds. Oh, where have I seen that before? Yeah, yeah A bit of pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess I was, go, I was thinking of Spielberg's one. What was the one where he, they built the houses on top of Poltergeist? Yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah, that was. Great yeah, we film. haven't talked about that one. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites too. Oh, okay, yeah, no, but again, that's comedy horror, and I thought he had the balance just right. Yep, and it made you hate clowns even more. Yeah, yeah, as if Pennywise hasn't done that for everybody since. Right. Um, but the the controversy with Poltergeist is who directed what. Right, yeah, for the for that's for sure, yeah, for Toby Hooper. Yeah, it's funny because I've got a, a show coming up on Salem's Lot, so rewatched the nineteen seventy eight, the nineteen seventy nine, sorry, TV series on Salem's Lot, the two parter, and uh, I thought Hooper did a really good job with that. But and then um, he directed the original Texas Chainsaw, right? So I mean, yeah, I'm... yeah, I, I have problems with that. It's. <laughs> My problems with it are character problems. Is if you don't care about the characters, why should I care? Even though you know some of the nastiness going on on screen. Right. Well, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that was banned in Britain. Texas oh, Chainsaw. Really? Oh yeah. 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 I had to uh, rent a print. You could you could have it for private viewing, but you couldn't see it in the cinema. Hmm. That's weird. Welcome to the UK. <laughs> Yeah, and I I grew up in um, the UK's equivalent of Gilead from The Handmaid's Tale, so I grew up in Northern Ireland, and everything was banned. Hmm. Absolutely everything. We had a, a sort of an extreme religious group in control of the local council, and they banned everything, even Planet of the Apes. Wow. So, we went hmm. against evolution, Graham. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a show on the horror certificate and its history in the UK, and one of the things I learned when researching it is 
during World War II, all horror films were banned in the UK. So we have this really weird system here where a film is given a certificate, much like in, in the US, but that certificate can be overridden by a local town council. A lot of the, the councils are in Yorkshire, going up into Scotland, they just banned these things. We had a H certificate for a while, a horror certificate. Nobody under the age of 16 could go in and watch them. And, and this came in in the 1930s. And we've had a couple of problems with titles over the years. So in the 80s, anything with the word chainsaw in, that film pretty much automatically got banned. They either changed the title to remove chainsaw or they banned the film. That's how crazy it was. Hmm. But in the 30s in Britain, anything with the word Frankenstein in after Bride for Frankenstein, they pretty much tried to ban that as well. So even like the Eben Costello version? Well, that one, that was 48, wasn't it? So I think we'd, we, we were all right by then. But oh, okay. Son, son of Frankenstein, they God. wanted to ban it. They That's are, crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's welcome to the they, UK. Didn't they ban, for a long time, they banned anything with, uh, like, Driller Killer and things like well, that? Well, Driller yeah, because of the, the video. But, I mean, Island of Dr. Moreau or Island of Lost Souls, the Charles Lawton 1932 film. Oh, you're kidding. Banned for 30 years. Freaks banned for 35 years. Well, that's very disturbing. That That's it not a horror a film. It's film. just disturbing. Well, it is. it is a horror film, isn't it, really? But, I mean, it was even... I mean, some woman in America tried to sue MGM because she had a miscarriage while watching it in the cinema. Oh, so she said. Yeah. It's, it's just... Um, but Browning based that on his, his early years when he was working in circuses and carnivals and things. As a document, I mean, it's it's a disturbing, distasteful film. I don't doubt that. But, you know, as a document of this guy's life, I think it's it's quite fascinating. And strangely, I was watching just this morning, I was, I was building a list of things I wanted to watch. I watched the first five minutes of Doom Patrol, uh, a sort of sci-fi comic thing. Not um, a superhero thing, is it? Yeah, it is a superhero yeah, thing. Yeah, strange, um, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> and it has a scene is just absolutely reminiscent of Freaks. It's really quite uncanny. And I thought, oh, I know what the director's basing this on. It's quite strange that a film like that suddenly comes straight up to a modern-day TV show. Nothing is new. Everything is stolen. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's sum up then. So, Andy, we've been chatting about horror movies as a genre. I know it's the, you wouldn't say it's one of your favourites, but do you, do, you, do you think it has something to offer? Oh, definitely. Um, it seems to me, like we kind of mentioned earlier, but it seems to me a lot of people have either the love-hate relationship with horror. You know, you either really like it or you really don't like it. And you don't see that with other genres as much. You know, I'm, my wife would probably say that I don't like musicals as much as she does, but I don't know that I hate it. You know, it, I, horror seems to always get that type of reaction where you either love it or you hate it. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of good horror movies over the years. And for those people that don't like them, I would say, you know, try to get your foot in the door with maybe some of the lesser offensive ones, or at least the ones that have are made by good filmmakers. Cause there's definitely good filmmakers making horror movies going back to, you know, way back in the day to even now, there's definitely been a lot of good filmmakers, including, you know, like Kubrick and others that have made, have put their stamp on, on horror films. 
there's definitely quite a variety of horror films as we've discussed you know lots of different genres you know if you don't like one maybe you'll like the other if you don't watch any of them you're kind of missing out on some good movies so at least give it a try Definitely. I would back that 100%. And I have a guinea pig on this show. I can try this on. <laughs> and, and then just let us know if you need therapy after watching one of those movies. <laughs> he, he needs it before he watches oh, them. okay. Uh, <laughs> Andy, it's been really great talking to you. Love to talk to you again next month about another movie genre. What would you like to, to pick and talk about? Well, you know, I kind of picked this one, so I think I'll leave it up to you guys to pick the next one. How are you on Westerns? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Okay. Westerns it is. Andy, okay. it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you guys. It was really a great pleasure speaking oh, with you it's guys. it's great to listen thank to you. you.